Welcome everyone to the pilot episode of the Untapped Podcast, an affiliate of Untapped Recruiting. I am your host, Emmett Ferris, and today you will be listening to an interview with one of Untapped Recruiting's co-founders. Jeremy and I cover various topics from the United States electing the first woman of color as vice president to the challenges Jeremy has faced while employed by a major telecommunications company. We appreciate you tuning in, and let's get started. The American dream inspires many, but it's not without its flaws. The reality is people experience workforce discrimination in many forms. It's time to open our eyes and have challenging yet enlightening conversations. It's not always easy, but we need to start in order to make a difference. That conversation begins here. Welcome to the Untapped Podcast. Welcome to everybody for our first Untapped Podcast. Thank you again, Jeremy, for joining us. This is exciting stuff, both as a first-time podcast and as a co-founder of Untapped. So really, really excited to get this thing kicked off and kicked off right. I was thinking we could just dive right in, talk a little bit about what's been going on in the news lately. I think you know one of the things that Untapped would hear about is creating a platform, creating a community of diverse candidates, diverse people that feel like there's no one out there to listen to what they have to say when it comes to being hired, where it comes to being promoted, any of those sorts of ways. And this is kind of how we want to start opening that conversation up and take the time to, first of all, hear the stories, because I know Jeremy, you and I talked last week, and I had no understanding or idea of how sinister, I guess, a lot of this stuff is. So the whole goal of our conversation today, and obviously any future conversations with any other candidate and person that we speak with that we can solve or start opening some doors and making some change, some real change here in the future. So so first things first, let's just kind of cut to the to the politics of the day with our new VP elect, Ms. Kamala Harris. What are your thoughts? I think this is a, a huge change for us as a nation, number one. That shows kind of a little bit of the growth. You know, you have, you know, the, the conversation is going to be 74 million people plus voted for Biden-Harris, which then you still had another 70 million people that voted for President Trump. So you have a African-American um, that is going to be your vice president, but most importantly, you have a woman that's going to be in the second leading position for your nation. That says something. That's yeah. A, a yeah. seriously a building block for us. But also, just to expand upon that, she's a part of one of the Divine Nine organizations, Alpha Kappa Alpha uh, Sorority Incorporated. So for those who are Greeks, that is another huge thing that, that is a point of discussion for us as well. So I, I just think this is great all around. I'm looking forward to uh, the potential changes, things that she wants to bring in, mm -hmm. things that she wants to incorporate. Uh, I have this feeling that she will have a little bit of that Michelle Obama feel with her that comes along with it. And I'm looking forward to it. it it's a, a welcome change. I hope some of the policies that they bring in are, are going to be solid. I'm not expecting a great deal of changes because it depends on who controls the Senate ultimately. Right. And we don't right. know what well, that's still up in hand right now with the two runoffs that are going to be in the state of Georgia. So we have to be patient. But this is a four-year ride. Um, it's not going to be a marathon, so let's just go ahead. I mean, not a not a sprint. It's going to be a marathon, so give it time. 
let's see what she incorporates and hopefully it's going to be good things for us. One of the things you just mentioned that I wanted to touch on, you mentioned, you know, the Greek life, but I'm not familiar with how Greek life impacts, I guess, your perspective. Uh, so for us, the, the Divine Nine organizations are Alpha Phi Alpha, Eternity Incorporated, Alpha Kappa Alpha, Sorority Incorporated, Kappa Alpha Psi, Fraternity Incorporated, um, Omega Psi Phi, Fraternity Incorporated, which I am a part of, Phi Beta Sigma, Fraternity Incorporated, that I can't forget. I should always remember, I have to go in order. Delta Sigma Theta, Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> I, I can't forget my, my sisters. That I don't know how I, I did that. They probably going to scold me if they ever heard this call. Uh, Zeta Phi Beta, Sorority Incorporated, and uh, Sigma Gamma Rho, Sorority Incorporated, and then lastly, Iota Phi Theta, Fraternity Incorporated. So those are your nine black Greek organizations. Now, we are diverse. We accept all cultures into our uh, fraternities and our sororities. So the way that I look at it and, and the impact was you're looking at a black woman that is a part of one of those organizations. Of course, that's going to kick up some steam for the other eight organizations that are looking at that and saying, oh, wow, this is a great opportunity for us to get someone in that can ch make some changes for us, but also highlight our organizations. A lot of times I think everyone wants to point towards the bad things mm -hmm. that these organizations have, whether it be from the hazing incidents to other incidents that have happened in the news. But people forget about the community service and all the great works these organizations put into their communities and how you know, we impact the community with scholarships and trying to help individuals or kids in the communities that are trying to excel and, and get to the next level as far as just getting their college education off the ground. So that's huge, you know, to have that pillar there. And now we can work together, you know, to try to make things better. So it's something that, that a lot of people are not going to talk about. But I think as the news starts to pick up some steam, I saw an article today, uh, CNN.com, today where they talked about Alpha Kappa Alpha and talked about some of the other Greek letter fraternities and sororities. So it's good to hear that, yes, we're not looking for publicity as in, yay, we're, we're part of the Divine Nine. We're looking at it from a standpoint of, hey, this is how we can impact our future. Um, and for the next four years, we have someone that's going to be there that can help out our Divine Nine organization. What I'm hearing you say is being a part of these Greek organizations, being able to have that family, if you will. The brother and the sisterhood is the biggest thing about these organizations. And what our motto is, is friendship is essential to the soul. You know, we look at our brothers as our friends. So for us in, in the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated, we look at it like, okay, let's help our sister. Because yes, it may not be tied in as, as what they say, as far as the, you know, the brothers and the sisters of each organization, but we look at us at us all as brothers and sisters at the end of the day. There is no change. There is no way that I'm gonna look at the color of your letters or say that you're a part of this organization and you're not my brother. I'm gonna extend my hand to you and try to help you. So that's the that's the the cause and that's the way to look at it. And honestly I think that's a, a great segue into really the purpose of untapped in general is being able to extend a hand to to others. And so what is the reason that you wanted to be a part of this recruiting agency, this podcast? What's what's inspired you to kind of dive in? Well, for me, it's opportunities. I feel that as a black 
man that's been in the corporate America world for 12 plus years. I feel that opportunities are sometimes we're, we're kind of pushed off to the side. I want an, a platform in which we can not only speak, but we can also help. The speaking point starts with us. We have to start speaking to our experiences and things that we've gone through in our lives as we've worked from some of these companies. And the only way that we can do that is you got to talk about everything that has happened over your time. And for me, ultimately, 12 years in, I always feel as if I've given my best foot forward, but giving my best foot forward hasn't been enough to get me where a point of elevation. And for me to be sitting in a level one role currently, and I still haven't reached that level of elevation. And some people are gonna say, well, it takes time. I have looked and I have seen some things happen. People have been put on fast tracks and I'm still sitting in basically a subordinate role. I have progressed with my education. I progressed with my skill set. I, I, I come to work every day. What more can you ask of an employee that someone that's going to come in to work, not give you an excuse about being late, not going to give you an excuse about being absent, any of that. I'm going to come in and I'm going to give you my best effort. But when your best effort is still not good enough and you're still sitting behind those who may feel that they're superior than you, well, I have to look at their, your body of work at that point. What have you done to place yourself in a role that can be better than me? And right now, currently, I have a manager who has zero education, zero certifications. He has 14, 15 years with the company. But you can't help me progress. You can't help me get to my next level. Things that I ask for, you haven't done. So that is the reason why I want to be a part of this, because I, I think in corporate America, we need something like the Rooney Rule, just like in the NFL. For every interview or every job that you have, I feel that there needs to be a minority that is interviewed. But don't just interview them. Give them an, a, really think about giving them an opportunity to be hired. Uh, an example was this past summer, we saw how the Dallas Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy as their head coach. They only interviewed two candidates. One was a minority. But we all know, if you really deep, go deep down inside, Jerry Jones had no, he had no, there, there was no feeling that he would hire Marvin Lewis as his head coach. Based And if you look at Marvin Lewis's track record, he had a decent run in Cincinnati, but it, it was it the best run? No. Um, but I think a lot of his, his abilities came from when he was a defensive coordinator in Baltimore. But uh, I don't want it to feel as if you're going to interview us for pity. That's not the goal here. Really look at our skills, really look at our resumes and see exactly how we fit. Then once we're interviewed, don't feel intimidated. Feel as if that we're coming to want to help you. But I feel as if when they see the resume and they see that this person may be more educated than me, this person may be more opinionated than me. Well, I don't want a potential troublemaker on my team. You don't understand the point is we're not trying to be troublemakers. We want to be innovators. We are the ones that want to change the way things are in the corporate space, but we can't change those things when we're not given opportunity. 
Yeah, and I think to the point that you've made there as well is about being you know troublemakers or there's an intimidation factor. I think there's a fear of if I end up hiring you and then I have to fire you, are you going to sue me? I think that there's a, a stigma, which is in a lot of ways unjustified, obviously, but mm-hmm. I'm curious to kind of know what your thoughts on that are. Well, stereotypes. And and again, we, we continue to fall into these false stereotypes all the time. We need to also look at the fact that it doesn't matter what school you went to. I don't care if it was HBCU or PWI or if you received your education overseas. You need to look at every candidate and really hone in on what who and what they are. What's a PWI? Um, in these, uh, PWI, predominantly white institution. Okay. Um, and then your HBCUs would be your historically black colleges and universities. So when I look at this from that point, one issue that I see is in these pre-screenings, sometimes it lists, you know, your ethnicity and they want to know who you are. Well, sometimes I feel that that shouldn't matter. If I turned over my resume to you and just a blind resume, let's line them up. Say there's five candidates. I take my name, I take my ethnicity off of my resume. Would you give me an opportunity is what I'm saying. And when I see that, that goes back to how I got hired at my current company. When I got hired um, before, I applied for the same job, no degree. I put out basically, let me go back. I put my degrees on my resume. I didn't hear anything. About three months later, I applied for the same position, took my resume, uh, took my degrees off my resume. And then all of a sudden, here comes the call. Here comes the pre-screening. Here comes the interview. Here comes the offer. Then during the offer, I had to go back and say, I do have two degrees. And then you gave me the bump in pay. Makes you wonder. And I understand that a lot of companies don't want to look at just education. They want to look at experience. This was for an entry level position just to get me in. I made twelve twenty nine an hour starting at this company. So I say to myself, if it took me to take my degrees off my resume, then maybe I need to take them off now and see if I'll start getting opportunity um, as far as you know, point of elevation, because obviously that seems to be the key to success, unfortunately. That's crazy. And degrees as in plural. Yeah. So one of the big hot topics for a couple months ago, and obviously still to this day, the Wells Fargo CEO, basically talking about a lack of talent. There's not a lot of, there's not a big enough pool of black talent. What are your thoughts? What would you say to, to him? The one of the most ignorant comments that you really can make, because that's basically a smack in the face to every um, historically black college and university that is out there. And we do understand that whites um, and other ethnicities attend these same universities. However, for you to say that you obviously have not recruited at an HBCU or have attempted, Um, that could be false. I haven't done the research to find out where Wells Fargo does does their actual uh, recruiting, but that's when you need to go into your recruiting rule and tell and ask the question, where do you guys recruit our employees? Where do they come from? What are their backgrounds? For you to make that statement, and, and for some, they tried to make an excuse for them, there is no excuse. 
I look at excuses as this. Excuses are the tools of the incompetent that build bridges to nowhere. Those who specialize in their use are seldomly good for anything else and build monuments of nothingness. You just basically built monuments of nothingness by making that comment. Um, it was very frustrating to hear that. However, I look at it like this. For you to say that, then that tells me exactly why we're still behind the eight ball. And now I wonder how many more CEOs or COOs have that same feeling. They may think it, they haven't said it. And if you look at the numbers for some of these corporations, it's disgusting to see people of color not on these on board of directors or um, in senior leadership or management alone. Company that I work for, I currently work for, just to see the numbers, it is it is disgusting. It is very disturbing to say I work for this company, but my people are still behind the eight ball. And for Wells Fargo, that CEO has a has some serious um, hills to climb because now he's put a target on his back, and people are going to start looking at, okay, who are you hiring, and where are they coming from, and are they qualified? And I feel that some of the people that are in roles, I feel that they use the buddy-buddy system. You want to hire your buddy or your friend, but not hire the best candidate. And ultimately, that is the reason why most of us are still behind the eight ball. You, uh, what is the old adage? You have to know somebody to get there. I shouldn't have to know anyone to get anywhere. The fact of the matter is, I understand networking 101, but I also understand the adage are you going to hire the best candidate for the job? And a lot of that times, that one is forgotten, and you're hiring your best friend for a role, and they're not the best for the job. Yeah, and I would also add to that what you're saying is it's quite obvious that networking is not an issue um, within the community, especially in the sense of, as we talked about, the Greek life and how important that is. It makes you wonder, what, where is the networking going wrong? Well, I, I think it, where I work, we have these employee groups. So with those employee groups, you have a, um, I'm a part of a few of them in which it's very diverse. It is, it is very open, but I feel I get the most out of them. Uh, I will say that the networking is always good. You have interview skills, uh, webinars, you have meet and greets in which you can meet some of your senior level executives. That's good. However, it's about the transition. What happens after you've done all of that, all of the, the legwork that they say that needs to be done? I understand competition is huge and there are gonna be a lot of applicants that are gonna apply for jobs, but is the HR departments really breaking down each part and, and where these people fit, where they should go? I gave a, a detailed plan, leadership development plan to my boss a little bit over a year ago. A year later, if I asked him a question today, where does Jeremy want to be in his career? And I guarantee you this, he'll say the words, I don't know. But you have a leadership development plan that I gave you where I detailed year one to year three to year five to year 10, where I'm trying to go in the company. I've done my end of the bargain by getting the degrees, by getting the certifications that go along with trying to transition into that role. Have you done the legwork as my manager to try to help me get there from, from that standpoint as far as hooking me up 
with those individuals that could potentially help me get into those roles? The answer is no. And for me, there it's called development. You can't develop me because you're not trying. And if you're not trying, I have to look at you and say, well, if you're not trying to help me, then why? what is the point of me being here? That That is no point. So then I have to ask, how many others feel the same way that I feel? They have a boss that is over them that is not helping them get to the next level. How many of those bosses are of opposite color? Pretty sure it's high. So it, I, I think this is a, a good talking point. We continue to talk about these things because as long as as long as we're if we're being quiet and we're not having these conversations, I think that's where the problems come in. We need to be talkative. We need to, to let people know exactly what's going on and how we feel right now. I'll just tell you, I don't feel that my boss has my best interest at heart. I'm not trying to attack him. However, I'm just going to say it how I, I feel. I've had two bosses while I've been in this role and both of them haven't been helpful. What is the response typically from them when you want to schedule time to be promoted? <laughs> so I, I'll tell you what, what happened recently. So I was wanting to go after a scrum master certification and wanting to go after that. I was denied the first three times that I went for it. They didn't want the cost towards the organization. So now that we're in COVID, they decided that they're going to do everything virtually. Okay, great. I love the sound of that. Virtual. That, that's awesome. Then I started wanting to find out, would it be a cost towards the organization? Because I don't mind paying $150 out of my pocket to make sure that I get that certification because I feel it could be impactful for my career. But to email your boss, he's not replying. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to take it to the next level. Let me get to the second line. Maybe she can help me. She's brand new to the role. So I'm going to give you a test. Are you going to help me? Or are you going to deny me? She took a little bit over a day to reply. And she wanted to know would it be a cost to the organization. I gave her a screenshot, said nope. And she allowed me to go forward. But it should not take me going to your boss to get an answer. If I have to go above you, why are you managing me? You're wasting my time. You're in my way. So how about you just move out the way and let her manage me? That would be better. Because right now, I can give her this. She listens. She's attentive. She sees the frustration. I did tell her, in order to swing me back into some positive, you got a lot of work to do. That there's a lot of trust factor that is gone. And I said a lot of that is due to what's going on right now. You need to train your manager on how to be a manager. He doesn't know how to do that. And if he doesn't know how to do that, how can he move me forward? But not only me, how about the other ones that he manages? It's not about the role all the time. You can be the best person in the role, but are you giving someone an opportunity to move up during that role, giving them extra opportunities? A lot of the opportunities that they provide, I feel don't go that they don't sit in my bullpen for where I want to be. And I'll go to an opportunity that they had recently. There was a team that was selected for what we call for wiki admins. And wiki is basically for training. 
So if you go back and look at my leadership development plan, what is one thing that Jeremy said he wants to do? Training. So he wants to train. Then why did you select a team that was pretty much no, no diversity on that team? Everyone on that team, you have, you go and look straight down the list. There's no diversity. So I have to look at myself and say, okay, in the last year I've come up with five webinars. All of them have been successful. I have gotten rave reviews. And now you want to say, well, we're recruiting again. So you want me to be a second round draft pick when I could have been a first round draft pick, pushed everything forward and helped you instead now you want me as your second round draft pick. Why wasn't I chose first? Did you look at resumes? Did you go through screening? Did you try to get all of everyone's qualifications? Did you look at everything that a person has done in their past to see exactly what they've done to push things forward as far as the business? Obviously not. I feel that they use the buddy system. Uh, and that, again, still is the problem. You can't continue to use the buddy system or think someone is a troublemaker because they're opinionated. An opinionated person tells me that they have ideas on how to better your business. And if you have ideas, then I need you need to hear out what they have to say. Give them that platform in which they can speak. When you don't do that and you shun them, they shut down. And right now, unfortunately, I'm in kind of like a shutdown mode that, and I need to be rebooted because you're ignoring me. And it, it's, it's very frustrating. It's uh, it's hurtful. It makes you go back and say to yourself, what was the point of me going to school and educating myself? What was the point this year in getting five certifications? What was the point in me continuing to talk, tell you guys what I want to do? There was no point because you've ignored me. So I guess what if I flipped the coin and started to ignore you? Then what would you do? Then I'll be out the door. So again the concerns are major and this is just coming from my experience but i'm pretty sure that there are ones out there that have the same experiences and feel the same way that i do it's just their stories have been untold so untapped is pretty much what we have we're untapped potential and i'm at the age of 36 and i'm still looking for someone to tap into my potential. Yeah. As far as future plans go, looking for new roles, what's your experience like been on the application side? How many applications have you had to fill out to either switch within your company or to move on to another company? You know, because that seems like if you're so upset, why wouldn't you just move on? Over, <clears throat> over 800 submissions. Um, while I've been with this company, I've been in four roles. I was surplused out of a role. And basically I had from that point of the day of the surplus, I had 60 days to find a job. Day 58, I got the job. But when you're applying that much for positions, and it's not that I'm applying for it just to say to myself, okay, well, I need to apply for this job. I'm not applying for fun. I'm applying because I see that those roles that I could be great in. I want to apply for something that not only is going to challenge me, but also is going to give me the ability to say, okay, I'm going to like doing this. This role, I, I did it because primarily I was trying to do whatever I could to stay with the company. 
Um, but also it's something new that I'm learning. You know, I'm learning Wi-Fi. Uh, I'm learning more about switches and routers. And, you know, I had a little bit of background with routers, but taking it to the next level with the switches. Okay, this is this is a lot. You know, then you're troubleshooting with hotels and, and other businesses. So, all right, this is something that that is a little bit more impactful. But when you're three years in and you're still sitting there doing the same things and it's repetitive, you're like, what more can I do to prove to myself? But going back to it, 800 submissions, four jobs, 12 plus years, almost 13. It'll be 13 on February 19th that I've been with this company and I'm still sitting saying to myself, what am I doing? Um, there have been other interviews that I've had with other companies, but, you know, are you willing to take a twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars pay cut? And you have to look at yourself and for some, they'll say, well, to release this headache, I'll take that. But your right now is you're taking that pay cut and you don't know when you're going to get to that level again. And when you feel that your worth is bigger than taking that pay cut, I'm worth I'm worth a lot, a lot more than than having to take a pay cut to prove myself again to someone else in a new company. So that, I think that's where your boss mentality comes in, and you start looking at yourself and saying, "How do how can I become a business owner? Because obviously I have the potential to motivate people, make people better." I have great ideas. I like to speak, as you see right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I, how can I do that? Because obviously what I'm doing with the company, and, and no offense, you know, it's it's been, it, it has been some, I've had some great moments with this company. I, I don't want to just sit here and focus on all the bad. They have helped pay for pretty much two of my degrees. I've met some great people, but it's just the policies and how things work and how things are ran that I'm frustrated with. So 800, 800 plus job submissions. Someone needs to just look and say, if he's done that, he only got four jobs out of it. Don't say that he just applied for jobs just to be applying for him. He applied for him because he felt that he would be qualified for him, number one, but also that he could be better in those positions to help better the business. If I can't better the business, why am I there? Understood. And as far as kind of take it, the conversation a step further, you know, we can talk a little bit about what you think are some good solutions and versus, you know, bad solutions. Obviously, with mm -hmm. a lot of the racial tension earlier on this year, the murder of George Floyd and all that, the riots, protests, all of it, a lot of companies seem to be making changes, particularly things like Aunt Jemima, you know, Washington Redskins became a Washington football team. There was a lot of discussion on making these sort of changes. You also got music artists changing their name from the Dixie Chicks to just the Chicks or Lady Antebellum to uh -huh. Lady A. What are your thoughts on brands, companies taking that type of solution? Do you think that they're beneficial? I, I think I think they're I think it's very beneficial because that lets me know that they're paying attention. They're not just saying, okay, well I'm gonna make a change just to make a change. No. You're paying attention to what's going on. You're looking at the news. You see how things are trending and you don't want to be a part of that that negative wave now are you doing it for the right reasons it's going to be the question that we must ask and 
that is still yet to be seen with some things. But the way it's trending to me, I think they're they're doing things for the right reasons all the way around because that tells me that you're awake. You're not still you're not sleep at the table just saying, "Oh, well, that's just that's just going to blow over." No, you're paying attention. You're understanding that the BLM movement is real. You're understanding that the oppression that has happened. How about another reason um, that we can talk about is the statues coming down in certain states. They're coming down because people are tired of looking at racist things in which they're just standing there. And yes, you're going to have the ones that are going to support and say, oh, well, these were war heroes. Well, do you know how much oppression went along with them being so-called war heroes in your states and your cities? So I believe it's an awakening and it's a it's almost like finally I don't think nothing can erase what has happened since 1619 I don't think anything can erase that 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 is it's that's a lot but if we can take the steps to start making things better that's the key and right now I feel that we're trending in the right direction especially with the change of our commander in chief. But we need to continue to trend in the right direction because I don't want us taking all these steps moving forward, these little baby steps. And then we take 10 big steps backwards because we just say, okay, well, that's over with. Things have died down. No, you got to keep pushing. So this is, this is groundbreaking. This is great to see that with those companies, but I hope that they have the understanding that we're still watching. We want to see what you're going to do moving forward as we continue to to make changes, um, not only in the United States, but in the world all the way around. And you believe that where the system is listening, the corporations are listening. Do you feel within the last few months things are? Other, <laughs> other than Wells Fargo uh, <laughs> CEO and, and um, maybe a few others, I, I feel that, that some are listening. Um, my company took time during our our recent conference and they had some great conversations centered around that. But again, conversation is one thing. Your actions are going to speak louder than all those words. I don't want you to just say, okay, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. No, 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 no. Actions. I want to see the numbers change. I want to see us start trending in the right direction as far as our, our management. It's not all about us sitting in the non-management positions and we're at 23, 24%. I want to see the management numbers go up. I want to see the the top level management numbers go up. There's a lot of leaders that are African-American and people of color. It is time that our voices are heard in those companies. And sometimes I feel as if we're not heard. It's a a point of, okay, well, they're here, but do y'all really want us to be there? You know, sometimes I say, okay, what is our value? Do, do we really matter um, in, in your in your company? I had recently with my fraternity, I spoke with one of my fraternity members. He had a interview where he talked about two worlds. And one one part of his world is him being in full uniform as a as a I want to say it was a master sergeant in the Air Force and listening to how people reacted to him and how it was so welcoming. But then when he goes into his shorts and a ball cap, there's a different reaction. 
I don't want to have to be in my T-shirt and a pair of shorts and a ball cap and your impression of me is different. I want your impression to be the same no matter what I'm in, whether if it's in a full-fledged suit or if I'm just dressed down because I just, I'm just hanging out on a Saturday. I want your impression of me to stay the same because guess what? I'm a professional, but I'm also black. I want everything to stay the same. And I think if, if those things stay the same, that tells me that we're trending in the right direction. We still got a long way to go. Things can't change overnight. I might be dead and gone by the time things, you know, really start. There's a, a progressive change. But it's good that we're starting the conversation. And it's also good that we're starting to reach out and say, hey, let, let these people tell their stories. Let them say exactly what's going on. Yeah, I think you've brought up fascinating points and obviously an incredible perspective. So I appreciate it, Jeremy. I don't have anything else for you, man. Is there anything else you want to add? before we kind of conclude today's first episode untapped but this, this is just the, the start of greatness and and this is just a start of of people being able to talk and speak that were afraid to speak before um i've never been one that that wanted to sit behind and, and not speak up if i have an issue with something i'm going to speak up but now you're really going to hear my voice now this platform i think is going to take things to the next level I think companies are going to probably start listening and start logging on and saying, wait a minute, um, what's really going on in our company? What are we doing? Are we moving? Are we moving the needle forward? Are we trying to help people? We get enough people on here to start talking. Things can change. So I, I'm just saying I, I'm looking forward to the future. Um, I think this is a great start. And let's just keep on plowing. Let's keep on plowing the road. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Jeremy. Appreciate you joining we will see you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'd be honored if you would review us wherever you listen to our podcast. We are actively looking for people of color to send us their resumes and career aspirations. So please, log on to untappedrecruiting.com to learn more.